You are listening to the Sons of Asaph, a worship podcast. What is up, everybody? This is Adam Richardson. I'm Sean Patrick. Welcome to the Sons of Asaph worship podcast. I'm still a little... uh, I don't know what what flustered that Adam is still sticking with the what is up greeting, uh, even even though we've talked about it at length, he's still he's still choosing to say what is up. So we, I guess I will you know say, what we interviewed Tris, Tim last week and he did the same thing. So I was like, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. Maybe I'm overthinking this. <laughs> well, we've still yet to hear from any of uh, any any of the folks on the uh, on the uh, Facebook page about whether he should change that or not. So I guess it's working, Adam. My mom made a recommendation, <laughs> but that was my mom. So I'm like, you don't, you can't. <laughs> well, hey, today we've got a uh, we're doing a courageous thing. Adam, did you did you catch oh, what I'm doing there? Oh, uh, I'm gonna I gotta find a sound effect like the wah wah wah. You know, Adam, Adam's gonna spend a lot of time editing just to try to poke jokes at me. But hey, we want to <laughs> welcome to the uh, the Sons of ASAP Worship Podcast. We want to uh, welcome a good friend. Uh, now, Jason, I I I I want to know. I think I've asked you this before, but is it Chatham or Chatham? It's Chatham. Chatham. I yes. have said your name wrong for a long time. I, I just learned it. that. I was today old now, so. I was, I was right now old, and that's why I had to ask. So this is, this is Jason Chatham, here of Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. He, we want to welcome him to the podcast. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, Sean, Adam, good to see you guys. Great to be with you. It is going well. What's up? <laughs> thank you i point made. <laughs> and, and now we know what an apostrophe does to the word <laughs> oh, oh man <laughs> jason you're the you're the first guest that we've had that has immediately jumped out of the gate mocking adam and we need more of that that you yeah. know like I, i'll do my best on all the time he's, he's, <laughs> He is the victim in this podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, Jason, we want to we want to spend some time just getting to know you and introducing you to uh, to our listeners. And uh, so you you've uh, you've been in Salt Lake now for two years, right? Is that is that, is that actually right? coming up on almost three this June? Almost it'll three. be three years. Yeah. Is it? I guess twenty twenty in, in most people's minds just doesn't count. Like it was a year that happened, but we we all just just okay that like i didn't age a year like i'm just right. gonna start, yeah i'm just gonna claim like i'm still 41 and i'll be 41 for like for another year so like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that so three years that's awesome so okay where did where t- dude tell us your story how what brought you here to utah and uh, well where did you come from and uh and what brought you here to utah yeah well uh came from southern california grew up kind of in, in the san diego orange county area uh, my dad was a contractor, so we kind of moved around, went where the work was, but spent the majority of my young and adult life in California until the year 2011. My wife and I and our kids left California. We did the exodus before it was cool, and uh, <laughs> now everybody, now everybody's getting out, right? Everybody's going to Texas. Everybody's coming to Utah, um, but we we took off, and uh, I took a position at a church in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. 
and we were there for a few nice. years and then we went down to Dallas and did some ministry and some business with our family. We were there for about four years before deciding to return to Utah. Uh, my wife actually grew up here in the Salt Lake Valley from the time she was a little girl. So we had been looking to returning to Utah for some time and the Lord really just kind of laid it upon our hearts to set out to do something new, something crazy, like planning a church. And <laughs> we love the Mountain West. We loved our time in Jackson Hole. We love Utah. We used to spend time here. We have a timeshare up in Park City. So we'd come out and visit all the time, spend time up in the mountains. And we just yeah. love the culture. We love the people. We felt like the Lord was calling us to, uh, you know, have a heart for hard places. And uh, we could have obviously stayed in Dallas and, and done that, but we just felt like the mountains were calling and we had to go. So here we are three years later and uh, loving it, loving every minute of it. That's awesome. Okay. We're, I, I think we need to ask. So, okay. So God, God moved you from California to Wyoming to Texas and, and you, you bailed out of Texas like a lot of people want to do. Uh, (laughs) not poking fun at anybody in texas but you came to utah and coming to utah you you go to plant a church and then you have i think what uh, and what initially drew drew my eye to you is like that facebook messaging and like you know advertising and stuff works because we i I, somehow you came up on my facebook feed hey there's a new church being planted courageous church and so man Give us, give us the story behind Courageous Church and what, what God did to, uh, to lead you to that name, because it's not one that you hear a whole bunch. Yeah, you know, it's interesting uh, that you say that, because when we first thought about naming the church Courageous Church, I looked to see if there were a lot of other Courageous Churches, and I think there was like one, and yeah. they called themselves The Courageous Church. (laughs) I kid you not. The only one. That's it. The (laughs) Courageous Church. So, and they're like Missouri, you know. So I was like, all right, I think we're gonna be good. Now now Uh, there's a church feud happening between the Courageous Church and. Yeah, but do you have a capital T in front of your church? (laughs) We don't. We do not. Yeah, that's next level. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, no, I have a lowercase T in a wooden form. That that's what represents the front <laughs> yes. of my church. <laughs> well, so you know, as as uh, I we began to kind of lean into the idea of planning a church, and and both you know, my wife comes from a church planning family. Her family actually was here in Utah in the '80s and '90s planning churches. Uh, they used to pastor a church downtown called Metro Fellowship. Uh, before they actually left Utah to go plant churches in California. And that's actually how my wife and I connected. But as we uh, began to talk about planting churches, we began to pray into that with our friends and pastors. You know, the Lord just kind of laid it upon my heart that in this next season, that church would need to be courageous, that it would need to be faith-filled and bold and take risks to reach people that aren't being reached. And that's sort of become a big part of our mission and mandate as a church. And, you know, when I was actually praying about planning a church in Utah, I ended up in Las Vegas and I was walking the strip and I saw people and God just, I I felt like put this impression in my heart that many were just wrestling with fear. And he said, I'm calling my people to be courageous. I'm calling you to step up, to be strong, to be courageous. And I just thought, wow, that sounds like a great name for a church. Little did I know 
that I would be held accountable to that <laughs> with my faith with my actions <laughs> so i tell people now next time you you know you get a wild idea about naming yourself something bold uh choose something more civilized like first church of the second avenue or something that's going to let you off the hook <laughs> we, you know some of the churchy church welcome to church church we go yeah. to church yeah <laughs> utah has this special ability i think for especially for church planters new church planters to uh put them to the test. I think, you know, I mean, it's here. I mean, we, we have a conversation a lot within send, um, where they, they come to, they come to our, our, our cities and they're like, man, we are going to save salt Lake. You know, like everyone's going to know Jesus. And then they're like, dude, the biggest church is how big you're like, maybe, maybe 2000, maybe like that's like on a good Easter Sunday and, you know, and you're like, that's that's like the the morning Bible study at a at a church in a different state, you know. So, you know, you yeah. have this natural like oppression that is just, you know, limiting what what churches can do, how they can grow, and how they multiply. And so, you know, it almost it almost you come here with this strategy about how to do this, and then you know you're either you know chewed up and spit out, and you go running, or you have to readjust how your strategy looks to know that, hey, like the, the, the greater impact is a wider net. It's not a bigger building, you know, yeah, uh, unfortunately, because right. they won't let that happen here. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we certainly encountered that, you know, uh, fortunately, because my wife grew up here and we had some history here, we knew a little bit of what to expect. You know, we spent a lot of time here and I mentioned, you know, God kind of gave us a heart for hard places. We knew coming in that Utah is going to be a hard place and in living in Wyoming and being in a, in a mountain culture, but also being in a culture that's predominantly LDS, you know, we, we knew that it was going to be tough and different and that it was going to require of us, you know, developing some different muscles and, and re kind of organizing our strategy around where people actually are, not just where we want them to be. Yeah. What do you feel like, uh, you know, and I know that, you know, like church planting kind of comes hand in hand with this, but, um, I, I want to know your perspective because I, I, you, you have worship leadership under your belt. Uh, you're, you're kind of like the, uh, what, what did we say? The unicorn pastor. Yeah, um, he's, the, he's, the, he's the rare mythical pastoral unicorn because he does, he does all the things, all the things. Uh, <laughs> that's a big, he's, that's he's a big role. Setup, tear down worship leader, preaching pastor, all the things. Um, so if you feel yeah. called to go to a courageous church, the only one, the only second one in the country, um, <laughs> please, uh, please come and help him set up, please and tear down that kind of stuff. Um, yes. But no, I, like I, my question is, is like, how, how important do you feel like, because we're, we're a worship podcast. And so that's what this, this question is directed towards. How important is worship as an element of planting in churches? You know, I think worship is central, if not the most vital thing that you can be about. And as a worshiping church, you know, I always tell people we are a presence-driven church. Like we want the presence of God to be at the very center of you. And, uh, you know, that word presence can obviously be thrown around to mean a whole lot of things. But, you know, we see it mostly throughout the scriptures as God's face being lifted up amongst the people. And uh, the word actually presence in the Hebrew is the word panim. It's actually an amazing word. And Moses, when he asked God, you know, if you don't go with me, I ain't going. 
Uh, God said, I'm going to send my presence before I'm going to send my panim before you. And it's this beautiful assurance that like God's going to be with us. And obviously we see that fulfilled in Jesus, right? Emmanuel, God with us, the promise of the father with us. And Jesus says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. Yeah, you're going to have trouble in the world, but guess what? I've overcome it. So be of good cheer. You know, yeah, I'm going to send you out as sheep among wolves, but guess what? I'm going with you. I'm going before you. And then of course we see that even within the great commission, you know, that he'll be with us even to the ends of the earth. That's something that I think we really tap into through worship. And obviously, you know, I don't know where you guys stand on worship, but I, I believe that, you know, worship is meant to be a lifestyle. It's not just an event. So, you know, at Courageous Church, we spend a lot of time talking about prayer and worship and the rhythms of worship and what that means to give your time and your talent and your treasure as an expression of worship. So it's not just confined to one little box that we typically want to put it in, but we see it as holistic and as, as ever expansive. Yeah. Man. Man. Okay. Well, all right. So that sit, was it. That's our podcast. That, you know. um, <laughs> so glad you were here for five minutes. You know. Like. <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> so much right there. And Jason, Jason literally dropped his mic and he walked out. That was. <laughs> Sorry, the preacher might come out every once in a while. So you mentioned I wear a couple hats. I I get to be the preacher guy and then I got to be the worship guy. There's a balance there. You know, one of the things that I I. I've enjoyed and you know like you and I haven't really you know it met really at any level um right. you just kind of like today you know um but uh but I think I've I've been I've watched you I've watched what's gone on I've I've watched your impact in just communicating um you've used social media to a a benefit greater than pretty much any other pastor that I know that's out there like there's pastors that use uh, radio, you know, stuff and that kind of, you know, for, for, you know, you have big names that do that, but, but your lane of, of almost like creating TikTok videos of just random life is, is, I don't, I don't think it's TikTok videos, but you always add to your story. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Jason's on here again, doing another story. And what I actually like is it's, it's not like, oh, this is a moment where I just dropped the mic in the middle of a sermon. It's like, hey, listen to us, uh, my kids and I singing to the song on the radio on our drive up to go <laughs> snowboarding or yeah. skiing, you know? And so like, there's this, this family element and Utah is really big on that. Like it, it's, it's probably one of the biggest proponents I just love how visible you are about, you know, being, being a dad and, and including your family and in, in how your life is kind of crazy. And so, you know, can we, like, I, I just kind of want to unpack that. Like, what was the choice about that level of visibility? Because that's, that takes some transparency and genuineness in who you are. One might even say courage. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming back um, to it. The joke will not get old. <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate that you say that, Adam, because I kind of made an intentional choice early on that the person that people see on the platform needs to be the person that is the same behind closed doors and with his Amen. kids and in the marketplace and hanging out at a barbecue. And I don't know how long you guys have, have worked within the local church. I know Sean for, you know, something 20 something years or now, but I think people are tired of, of the fake, you know, they're tired of the show. They're tired of showmanship. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, we've seen where that can get a lot of guys in trouble 
And I just said, you know, early on in this thing, we're going to just be real. We're going to take the masks off. You know, we're going to let people see the good, bad, and ugly and not try to dress it up all the time. You know, certainly I'll, I'll use a filter if I didn't get a lot of sleep the night before. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, I, I, you know, I think what people really connect with is real life. And a lot of times as pastors, even as worship leaders, the temptation sometimes is to try to put your best image out there. And it comes across as a marketing effort or like you're trying to sell product rather than, you know, just be real. And so for us, I think that's been a big part of the journey is just letting people in. Of course, as a church planner, that's huge because people are looking for a relationship. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the greatest equity that I have is relationships, you know, and to let people in, to help them see that I'm just a guy like them, you know, may, maybe a little further along in some areas because I've been following Jesus a little longer. But other than that, you know, I want people to connect with the real Jason. And and I, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because that's that's been big on our hearts. Yeah, I think, Jason, to your point, like, you know, I think church planters in general, um, if you're if you're looking to plant a church and you're looking for it to be, you know, about you, um, then then you know you're you're the you're the product and that's not a thing. But if you if it's genuineness, like if if it's like, yeah. hey, my my relationship with Christ is is something that matters to me, even when you're not watching, and even when you know whether whether it is social media or something else. But like, hey, this is just my life, and this is this is how I'm going to use it as a, you know, offering to the Lord in that way. Um, you know, it, I, I think that church planters, you know, largely are going to struggle and suffer if they're not genuine, if they have, and, and maybe not just planters, just pastors in general. Um, sure. you know, we're, we're, if we're not real with people about our walk with Christ and who we are, then like, it's just going to be, it's going to be a long road to haul. Well, absolutely. And even as worship leaders, you know, we've seen where we can, jump on stage and lead worship and then leave the stage and go to the green room or leave the church real fast and blow past people and people never get to see who you really are and get to know you. And one of the things that I always do with our worship team is I say, okay, rehearsal's done. Come on, let's go connect with people. Let's mm -hmm. go greet. Let's go stand at the doors. Let's go be accessible to folks. Let's let people see the real us. Let's go take people out to coffee because it's really easy in our culture to develop a performance mindset. I'm here to perform. I'm here to, you know, to put on a big show, but that's not what we see in the church. It's not what the body of Christ is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about connection, community. And I think the best way that we can obviously do that is by being together with people. And so I, we work really hard at that. I don't know about you guys. I don't know how that works with you guys, but that, that's something that I work really hard at fight against, you know? I think you look at the biblical context of the word son or the name sons of Asaph. That's, you know, you, you go, you can go back and it says, it gives you a definition for what those, what the sons of Asaph were. And that's, that's really what our representation we want to embody is that it's, you're right. you like, we don't, we don't escape to a green blue, green room. We're not, we're not untouchable individuals within the church. And, we, you know, because that creates this culture of like, you know, like you said, performance culture and, and, you know, we, the, the only way you're able to, you know, grow and, and disciple and pray and raise up leaders and that kind of stuff is by identifying them and, yeah. and growing within the community. If you're always back in the back corner, you know, hiding away from everybody, like, you know, like I, I've, granted, I, I've been on that other side of it. I've been that prima donna that comes up on stage and performs and I got paid by a church to 
come and, and worship. I, you know, and at that time in my life, I was not making great choices. I was a bouncer at a club and I'd get there, you know, I get done bouncing yeah. the night before at 5 a.m. and then just go straight from there, sleep in the parking lot and then be at church. And that was it. And, yeah. you know, and, and I caught my, you know, my $50 per Sunday check. And I was like, man, you know, like most pastors would be like $50 per se- How did you do that? Like, you know, <clears throat> but, uh, but, but the reality was, is like, you know, coming to, to where we are now, if, if I'm going to use a name like sons of Asaph, I got to take it serious. I got to, I got to be responsible for what that means. And it means that when I put my guitar down, it doesn't, I, it, you know, I, I need that. That means that I need to jump off the stage and I need to go and minister and I need to talk to people and say, how are you doing? Like, how's life? You know, those sorts of things. And I, it's so much more valuable and rewarding when you encourage that in your teams, in, in every effort that you're doing. So, you know, I, hundred percent, I appreciate that you, you have, you know, you have a very similar perspective in the, in, and as well, that transparency externally. So what, what people see is the real you. There's not a church hat that you put on every Sunday. It's, it's Monday, Tuesday, every day that ends in Y you're the same person, uh, whether you're teaching at the, uh, on the front playing worship songs or buying groceries, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's the goal. You know, I always tell our, our musicians and I tell our worship leaders, we're priests, not players, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we are priests, not players. And there's a different mentality that comes with being a priest than being a player who shows up for a gig, you know? And, and we've been there too. You mentioned $50. I came from a church that was paying people $200 a Sunday. Ooh, man. You know, so people, people were making livelihoods out of <laughs> this deal, you know? And I, listen, I, I, I am for talent. I'm, I'm for, you know, honoring where people have put in the time and work to develop their craft, like anything. If you're a lawyer, a doctor, a dentist, whatever, uh, I, I feel very, very seriously about that. But the heart has to be in the right place. And, I, and we saw, you know, in, in that particular ministry I'm referencing, we saw where guys were doing that. They were just showing up for a gig. They weren't really participating in the life of the church and the life of the community. And it became very problematic. And, and as a result, you know, I'll, I'll never do that again. And I'll never, I think, you know, help be a part of a culture that perpetuates that. So I, I, I don't think that necessarily the, the compensation in of itself is the, the problem. I think the problem is when you're doing it just for the compensation. And mm-hmm. I think that there can be compensation for great levels of skill and craft and, and, and all of that. But I think it's a really a really thin thread and you have to be careful and and particularly with young people I, we see this in you know with young musicians that the foundation is christ and christ alone yes. and then hey if there's a byproduct of that or there's a blessing that comes with that awesome but we don't make worship into you know something that's commercial or an act of commerce or you know whatever you you want to call it fill in the blank so I think there, there's definitely something to be said for that. And, you know, having experienced that, having walked with young people and, you know, people that have been more seasoned, we've come to as, as a courageous church, just say, you know what, we're going to create a culture where people, uh, you know, want to be here because they want to be here, not because we're paying them to be here. And it's difficult. And as you guys know, being in Utah, uh, it's not like being in Dallas where everybody's a studio musician. You know, where everyone plays on, 
you know, everyone else's album or is touring full time. <laughs> it's a whole different world out here. You know, I I'm, know all those. There are like 12 of us. That's it. <laughs> I'm lifting up every rock to see where the talent is, you know? So gosh, send us a talent. But, but it, you know, it really always does come back to the heart of worship, you know? And so that's why it's real big for us to help people understand that. Yeah. Well, you, you also wear the hat of, of lead pastor, uh, you and your wife, uh, lead together. Um, but as, as you're, as you're leading in this way, but like, you know, like I had, I had a, before, before the pandemic, I had a, a good chance to, uh, to come in and actually like be with you guys on a Sunday yeah, and, it's awesome. uh, and, and you, you invited me to, to come and help lead worship. Um, and one of the things that I saw was just how, how you're able to um, change that hat really quick from worship leader to lead pastor. It really did feel like there were two, like, like you, 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 would, you brought on this whole different persona to stand up and to preach. Um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't fake, but it was like, you, you definitely knew, like, this is the role that you were going to play. Yeah. And like, and it, and it was almost a moment for me. Like, as I saw this, <laughs> you put on a blazer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, you, like you, you're, you're doing worship with just a shirt, but then you put on the blazer and now, okay, hey, we're going we're gonna to preach and we're going we're gonna to get into God's word this way. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of the, the challenges that it is to, because, I mean, Adam and I both know what it's like, and you do too. You've been a worship, worship leader to like, just to have the church ready to go with worship on Sunday and not prepare a message. Um, what is it that you need to do to, um, to do both the message and worship and to, to mentally prepare yourself to do that? Yeah. Well, I mentioned the word worship as a lifestyle, and it's really important that in the same way that, you know, we tell pastors not just to go to the word for the sake of studying for a sermon, I think it's really important as worship leaders that we're actually worshiping throughout the week. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. every day. And so that we're not just going to worship to create a set list or to put together songs for a service that it's actually the other way around, that it's the overflow of our life with God, our worship and what we're doing with Jesus each and every day. And so a big reason I'm able to do both is because I'm a worshiper. You know, first yeah. and foremost, like I, I'm always singing, I'm always worshiping, I'm, I'm always thinking about Jesus, I'm always thinking about how I can honor him, uh, you know, with, with both my words and my deeds. And so that coming together flows out of the time that I'm already spent worshiping. So it's not as hard as people think, if you have the right order, right, if things are not in the right order, they become far more challenging because you're trying to manufacture something that's not there. Yeah. I tell people, listen, I, I've been leading worship for almost 25 years now. I don't think about it. Like most people think about it. I don't have charts in front of me. I allow what is in me and what I'm doing throughout the week to come out of me. So in that sense, it's, it's far less uh, difficult for me to flex that muscle because I have a deep history, a deep well with God that I can go to, to draw water from. So it's kind of like riding a bike in that sense for me now. Yeah. It wasn't early on. It, it took a lot of time to develop that. But through the years and having done it, it's become second nature. So then when I have to put on the lead pastor hat or the, the preacher teacher hat, yeah. I'm able to, to do that and, you know, obviously give that what it needs 
uh, to be successful. And so for, for me in that, I think too, it's just understanding that these things don't just happen because you want them to happen. They, they do happen through being intentional and working at it consistently. Yeah, and absolutely. through the last 10 to 15 years, I've probably not led worship maybe f- five or six Sundays, you know? So it's, it's kind of like, I've been doing this a long time. So yeah. when people see me, they're like, oh, well, how do you do it? It's like a lot of time and investment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's no shortcuts to just doing the work and drilling down. But the beautiful thing about worship is when you develop that personal history with God, you know, it is a well that you can go back to time and yeah. time again and drink from. And it's always refreshing. Well, you definitely take joy in it, too. I mean, I mean. I, I I know of a of a new edition of a you know like Jason and I have spent some time talking gear and oh, uh, yeah. he 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 just uh, he, he just got you know a, a guitar that if he uh, if it's missing I didn't take it um, and so <laughs> and like I just you know like there was that moment where it's like hey could you you know should you covet your your neighbor's possessions and this is one of those times when it was like. I was so happy for you when you showed me, but then also like, mm, okay. But like you take joy in like the, the whole point. I, I went on a whole different thing um, <laughs> because I'm now thinking about, okay, how do I get this? <laughs> but, uh, you take joy in the task, um, you know, like in, yeah. in pandemic time too, like you had this, this opportunity uh, where you, you, you had, worship leaders like you you kind of capitalized on it in a cool way like you brought in worship leaders and had them yeah. record uh your for your worship sets and so it wasn't just you you had people from all over the country helping lead worship yeah. at courageous church um and you know like you edited videos together like with you doing it and like you know i i don't think that there's ever a moment that i've seen you with worship where it's like this is a show like what you're saying like this is yeah. an outpouring of what your life is and uh, um, and that outpouring is, uh, you know, one, you know, to go back to your word, it's courageous to, 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 sh- to put yourself up on that, you know, that display. But also it's 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 infectious and it, it, it it's contagious. It, it grabs on to people and they they want to they want to see what that is. And and who is this? Who is this Jesus that, you know, that you're so excited about? And yeah. what, what, what can we do with that? And so like, I just, I, I've a really, you know, to the point I've really appreciated your, uh, your realist, your, your realism there. Uh, you're, you're willing to just live your life, uh, for Christ. And it's very evident. And I know that the people who, who call courageous church home, uh, see that on a Sunday by Sunday basis. Uh, and you know, so yeah, keep going, man. Thank you. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, you can't take people where you, where you can't go you know, and Mm -hmm. as worship leaders, we're, we're trying to take people sometimes places we haven't been. And, you know, if you, if you haven't spent time in the secret place, loving on the Lord, the way like David used to, you know, David wrote these beautiful Psalms and he, he wrote them out of his time spent with God, you know, time spent out in the field, time spent by the water, time spent, you know, working his, his vocation uh, before he was even King. And, I think a lot of times we want to take people where we haven't been and, and it becomes problematic just in the same way that trying to manufacture something is problematic. It, eventually people are going to see through it. And so, yeah, if you're not, if you're, if you're leading worship and you're not excited about that, 
like, please stop, you know, like, <laughs> please stop, you know? And so I just really feel like the, the permission that we give people is to experience God and experience his love and his joy and his presence. And if, and if, if that doesn't thrill us, then we shouldn't be, you know, the, the people in front leading. That's been yeah. my conviction at least. Yeah, man. I have a question. You look like, yeah, he look, it looks like you do. I do. Okay. So, um, like one of the things that like, you talked about, like you have these hats that you have to wear and this is just kind yeah. of the normal every week thing. And, you know, it, it, it's really impressive to me to say like, you know, it, there hasn't been a Sunday that's gone by in like, you know, in, in however many years you've, you know, you've, you've been doing this, that it's like maybe a total of six times that you haven't done this. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like that. I, <laughs> I just, I just had a week and I'm tired. So, you know, like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so like where, but, but I'm, going to going to where I'm at, like, we're still a young church, the church is barely just hit four years old. And so, um, and I've been part of the church for two years now. And I think the biggest thing for me that's just kind of, you know, happening right now is um, incorporating the elements of teaching that that, you know, Steve, my pastor is asking me to do. So occasionally, I show up on the calendar. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I need you to cover this week. And I'm like, I'm in this frenzy now going like, okay, I got to make sure I've got the teams in place. I got to make sure I have anybody else to lead worship. And in the past, up until recently, I've had to kind of bring in other musicians to do that, bring in other artists because I've been, it's, it's been the Adam show for, for so long. And you know, like, it's, it's something that I was willing to do, but you know, for, for that length of time until God kind of brought those other individuals alongside for me to work with. And now I have them, but it's still one of those things that when I think about teaching on a Sunday, I'm like, I don't even know. I, I don't think I have it in me to be like, okay, how do I prepare a sermon, teach a sermon and do worship? Like that sounds exhausting on a Sunday morning. <laughs> like I don't think I could mentally wrap my brain around that, that level of, you know, I, like, I don't like, I don't know where, like the question that would form out of this, but it's more of that, like, do you have something you can speak into to somebody who's really thinking about that question? Could I, you know, how is it that I could be both? I could be the unicorn on a Sunday, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've always said it's hard for a man to be anything he ought to be until he has to be. And some of that comes just through the press of God taking you through a season or a time where you don't feel like you can, but his yeah. grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. So don't get me wrong. I rely on God's strength a whole lot to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me being Superman on Sunday, uh, you know? And so I, I tell people, listen, you, you have to, you have to know number one, that God's called you to it because yeah, it will exhaust you. I mean, there are many Sundays where I come home just really exhausted from doing both. Normally it's my voice that takes the toll, right? Because I'm singing four to five songs, then I'm giving a message for 30 to 45 minutes. So yeah, usually it takes my voice about a day or so to recover. Obviously I've learned how to, you know, kind of take care of the voice. I drink a lot of tea. I do a lot of honey. I do stuff that tries to, you know, obviously help the vocal cords a little bit, but it, it, it can be tiring. And so you have to know, number one, that you're called to do it, not just, well, can I? It's like, yeah, it, it's a calling. 
you know, yeah. and yeah. Where, where, where you're called, there's, there's grace. But if you're, if you're not called to do it, don't, don't do it, you know, because yeah. it, it will, you know, it'll wreck you for sure. Now, Jason, would the, would the plan be, you know, so I know planting a church, like one of the goals is to, you know, get it, you know, get a group of people, a core group together, and then to let, I mean, not just to like, I mean, even the, the core group is, you know, God putting people where they need to be and God's going to grow his, and God's going to grow his church. But, um, you know, I know one of the things that you're looking at doing, um, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit would be your plan for courageous church in the future. Like, do you, do you plan to maintain this, this level of things for you, like both leading worship and preaching, teaching, or would, you know, would, what do you see in the future for that with, uh, with other leaders as, as they, as they come to courageous church uh, or God calls them there, or you're, you're training up and discipling leaders and creating them within your church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is our responsibility to look at raising up leaders. And I have a mentor in my life, a pastoral mentor. He said, you know, when they can do it about 80% of what you can do, it's time to relinquish the reins. It's time to turn that over. That's important mm-hmm. to know. That's, that's like gold right there. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so that's really challenging to me. You know, you're like <laughs> that 80% bar is way up there, bro. Like, yeah. work. I'm like, that's already too low. We got to get to 100%. <laughs> uh, okay, so you got like A's in school and all the all, all the sort of yeah. Things. I was yeah, that yeah, guy. Okay. Yeah, I was right, that guy. Right. The overachiever, which is partly why I'm probably doing both right now, uh, to be honest, but. No, I, I believe we should be looking at how do we invest in people? How do we we release people? How do we grow people? How do we help them develop their gifts? You know, for all of us, somebody took a chance on us. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave us a chance to sing when our voice couldn't find the pitch. Somebody put a guitar in our hands before we even knew how to play it. So I'm always looking for that. And I'm willing for there to be a little mess to invest in people if it means that they're actually truly going to step up and truly grow and learn how to lead. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can as worship leaders give our teams is that we give them a place to grow. We place some expectation on what it looks like to grow. And then we let them grow. We get out of the way and let them do it, you know, and stop messing with it so much because we tend to want to tinker, you know, especially as guitar guys and as gearheads, we like to tinker with stuff and, and things don't grow well when you're constantly tinkering, you got to let it have its way. And so Part of that's learning to be okay with things not being perfect, you right. know, and, and, and you guys know, and we know that they never are because people are involved, right? Uh, it's, it's always going to be a little messy, but I think valuing the opportunity to invest in people and give people the, the chance to be equipped and empowered, I think is one of the best things that we can give ourselves to. Yeah. I have a rabbit trail to go off of here for a second, because you said something earlier about, uh, you know, the the biggest toll that it, that it takes on a Sunday typically is your voice. And Sean and I were actually having this conversation beforehand, and I was contemplating whether or not this podcast that I have a great face for radio, but, uh, but you know, but my voice, unfortunately, has to... Um, be there like it just has to be there and so what his recommendation was was kind of special i'll let sean explain this to to me but it's on the heels of yesterday at church my church really paid the price for my i i i had a worship wednesday night i did practice wednesday or thursday night i did a worship event with youth on friday worship event with youth on saturday 
I stayed up late with the youth again until like early Sunday morning, about 1 a.m. And then um, and then I got up and I went to church and I led worship in the worst voice condition. <laughs> I could not hit anything. I was it was absolutely yeah. atrocious. And so Sean's like, you know what you should do? Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sets me up. Okay, I'm going to say, <laughs> uh, okay, here, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, I teach vocals. Uh, and so there's, there's a good level of, you know, some experience there. But this was, this was a, a, a trick that a, uh, a vocal coach that I had a few years back after I, like, and the reason that I went to him was I kept losing my voice on after Sundays, like, or like I would lose my voice multiple times um during throughout the year because of you know leading worship singing hard you know doing whatever too much talking all that kind of stuff and so i i went to him for that thing and so okay how do i recover and jason already hit a few of them you know it's it's tea it's honey mm -hmm. it's, it's rest it's being quiet it's it's those those moments but the one that he that he that he pointed at and this is adam's gonna he's mocking me about it but it's <laughs> it's true uh, is if you uh, if you speak in a like and the, the way that he described it to me was just talk like Michael Jackson. Hey guys, just wanna just wanna talk to you a little bit about what's going. Like if you speak <laughs> in that register, you don't use you you don't use your vocal cords nearly as much. It doesn't produce uh, as much vibration, and it allows them a chance to heal. And so he and that is you know his his description to me as well was like that's part of why Michael Jackson spoke that way was because he, like, if you listen to the powerhouse vocalist that he was, um, yeah. he was saving a lot of what his voice was able to do in, in that performance. So if you, if you're dying, yeah, you know, like, and you need to, you need to sing tomorrow and your voice is hurting today. If you can't be silent when you, when you got to speak, talk like Michael Jackson. So yeah. for the for the rest of the podcast, I'm going to talk like this, <laughs> just so that you guys you guys can still understand me, right? And that'll be it for the Sons of Asaph Worship Podcast. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> the alternative is you just carry around a little chalkboard with a little rope around yeah. your neck. <laughs> <laughs> just you 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 use your phone to speak for you, and you just hang. <laughs> Hang on, and you just type it into your phone and then show people or like I've yeah. done that before. <laughs> it's legit. Look it up. It's it's a thing, Adam. Man. Uh sorry. I, I didn't mean to like derail where we were going in a good good place, but I had to bring that up because it was just too good. Like... <laughs> All right, Jason, I got a I got a couple questions for you as we're 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 looking to wrap things up. One, um, so to two questions, one is a very lighthearted question. And the other one is, uh, you know, headed into this, this realm of, you know, giving advice to future generations or other worship leaders. But one, uh, the first question is, we kind of talked about it before we hit record today. Uh, you've been involved in a whole bunch of churches, a whole bunch of different uh, scenarios. Uh, you've been doing ministry for a, for a while. You've had experience with different leaders and different things. What is one of the weirdest things that you have seen uh, in in church, in worship, uh, those kind of things, just like it just caused you to take a step back and go, what? So two things come to mind. Uh, one, one. Happened, he's like right on it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah these are memorable. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> one happened in worship. One happened during the week while we were in the church office. I'll start with the first one. All right. I'm so excited. Saw a guy get so excited 
during worship that he started doing cartwheels down the aisle. No! And I'm talking like full suit. Yes! Like tie, dress shoes. He had the hush puppies on. Oh my gosh. And he just starts doing cartwheels. And I'm leading worship and I'm like, what is going on? Worship cartwheels. <laughs> worship cartwheels. What that's, that's is new. happening here? I've only seen it once in my entire life, but it was enough to remember. The second now, thing is this, happened. Is, was this a room that like, I don't know, I'm picturing like I, maybe because it's only context I've been in church with you, but you were in the amphitheater of the church. So it had like a downhill thing to it. It or, did. It had thing. like a slope. It was, <laughs> it was actually an old movie theater. <laughs> The dude is picking up momentum in cartwheels he's as he's hit, coming down. He's I can't coming stop. Down. I can't. It's not the spirit. It's the cartwheel momentum. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. You know. Okay. And so yeah, we we ended up calling him Cartwheel Kevin because he was uh, <laughs> he was notorious for every once in a while dropping a cartwheel. Oh my gosh! Like Jesus is moving, the spirit's here. We're, we can feel his presence, and there goes Kevin. You know, like <laughs> well, Kevin, doing his thing. Oh my gosh! That's so I guess that, that you know, like if you look for just like those those cues of people in the audience, yeah, to like to know that like you're doing a good job or like that the, the sound mix is good or whatever. You like in that church, you're looking for Kevin, and the moment, he's, he, the moment he the moment he the moment he busts out a cartwheel, you know that like dude we are on right now okay. yeah see you guys have to understand like i'm i'm 38 i will be 39 in another week but i've i've been in the church long enough to remember when they used to pass out tambourines and musical instruments to people that came in through the doors oh no and uh that was very 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 problematic because obviously people would get off rhythm and stuff oh, but back no. then Things were a little looser and a little crazier, I feel, like than they are now. I mean, of course, you could still find envir environments where people will, will go off like that. But, no, that was uh, was pretty memorable. You know, Cartwheel okay. Kevin. Cartwheel Kevin. Okay. I wrote that down. Uh, cartwheel. What, cartwheel what was the K. <laughs> Okay, so the first one is in worship. What, what's the second one? Okay, so the second one was, was a little weird. You know, we were in the church, and uh, we were in the, the back office. The, the church used to be this theater. They renovated it, the back part of the the theater became kind of the church offices and we were there one day and this guy came in and he said, you know, the Lord really moved on my heart. And, you know, I, I started to uh, speak in another tongue and I, I wrote it all down. And, you know, the Bible says that there, there shouldn't be a, a tongue without an interpretation given. So I want you guys to interpret my tongues. And he pulls out this diary and there's just a scribble. <laughs> and it's, we're looking at squiggly lines, hieroglyphs. We're like, what in the world is happening? And I mean, we we just started laughing and, and I, we had to get our composure because we couldn't believe. He's all serious. He's like, guys. That he was dead guys, serious. This is <laughs> like, this happened to me. I wrote it down. I want to be biblical. So I need to know what the interpretation is. And, and you're like, that's that's fantastic do you like oh man i so, i i feel bad because you have to be serious you're like okay all right so yeah you so this part right here is just it says i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> all i could think of is uh that that band like i, I can't I don't even know who the band is but the the lyric the line is like when they're like wiggle 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 like, like, <laughs> that, like that's 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 how that lyric written like like it was somebody trying to interpret that guy's uh, yeah like 
against well, okay <laughs> Yeah. I didn't get out of it. Like I'm trying to take notes about topic like pieces. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this part. Like utter it like. In- <laughs> yeah. Sad to say, we were not able to interpret for him, and he left very sad. So. Oh man. <laughs> and for for he had much to write down. Okay. <laughs> he did. He had a whole book full of. It was like pages upon pages of. Yeah. Scribble. It was unbelievable. So okay, the second question is is a serious one. And okay. It's one that asked, uh, we've asked everybody, but what advice would you give to you know like th- this is a worship podcast, and so people are uh, you know like the, the the people who listen to this are either worship leaders getting started, worship leaders who are struggling in areas, worship leaders who are excited, or people who just dig worship. Um, you know, like, and, and want to know what it is from, you know, this side of things, but what advice would you give to somebody looking to serve in a church, looking to plant a church? Um, what, what advice would you give to them, uh, from, from the seat and from the experience that you have with courageous church and other places? Um, what would you say to them getting started? Well, I would, I would say the, the same thing that people said to me when I was getting started. And that's seek out somebody that you want to emulate and become like somebody that's further down the road from you, regardless of what stage of your development you're in, regardless of whether you're just starting out as a musician or as a vocalist or singer or, or even as a pastor, you know, find somebody that's further down the road. And, and by further, I don't mean like three months, you know, like we tend to go to our peers and our peers yeah. aren't always the greatest mentors because they're dealing with the same stuff we're dealing with. They don't have the, the, you know, the, the vision and the foresight that you get from somebody that's been there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I had a, a guy from Nashville early on who was a missionary from Tennessee who ended up at my house, you know, the growing up in my family, we had kind of an open door. So we had all kinds of church planners and musicians and worship leaders and evangelists and missionaries coming through all the time and so he stayed stayed at my house and for he was there for a while like I want to say close to maybe three or four maybe five months and I just made it my goal to sit with him and to have him teach me everything he knew you know and God bless him he was super patient this young 14 year old kid who wanted to play the guitar like this guy who'd been playing in Nashville for most of his life, but he was really patient and he invested in me because he saw that I was serious about it. And, and I'll say this to people, a lot of people, the, the mentor myth is that I'm going to wait around until somebody sees my potential invests in me. That just does right. not happen. You right, have yeah. to seek it out. And when people see that you're serious about learning, that you're serious about growing, that you're teachable, man, they will invest in you because they'll see the potential and they'll see, wow, here's somebody that will steward this really well. And I think he saw that, you know, as young as I was, as foolish as I still was, I was passionate. I was enthusiastic. I was committed to learning the guitar. I saw him play. I saw him do this amazing thing on his instrument and he sang and I felt the presence of God in a way that I've never felt before. And I went, man, I want to do that. And so he spent time with me and and showed me and taught me and helped me as a young man at that point in my life. And so I always tell people, find somebody like that. Find somebody that that you can go after where you say not a single word that you say to me is going to fall to the ground. I'm going to receive everything that you have for me and honor Mm -hmm. them, spend time with them, bring them gifts, 
like, don't wait for them to do that for you. You go and do that to them. You go honor them, bless them. And it's amazing what will happen in your life and how God will use that. So that's one of the biggest things that I always tell people. The second kind of maybe half to that coin is spend time with God, get into the secret place, develop that language with him now, understand your love language, understand the way that you were created to receive and give love. That's really important. You know, understanding who you are, what God thinks about you. That only comes from spending time with Jesus. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus' disciples spent time with them. And if he had just found a bunch of guys and sent them out, I don't think they would have been successful. I don't think the church would have exploded the way we see it exploding in the book of Acts. But because he invested in those guys and those guys invested in being with their Messiah, you know, we see the world turned upside down. And so I always tell people too, like, you know, spend time with the Lord and don't just make this about you wanting to get on the platform or you wanting to progress as a musician or whatever, you know, fill in the blank you know, really value time spent with Jesus. Those two things are the most important things that I think you will return to time and time again throughout your, your life. That's awesome. That's super good advice, man. Well, Hey, uh, where can people find if like, if they're listening to this podcast, they want to know more about courageous church. They want to know about more of, uh, of you. Like what we didn't get to in this time is you've got actually some, some music out there as well. Um, if they want to find all all the things about Jason, where Please do they tell me find... it's like eighties hip hop? I just <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a little spoken word in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's beat it's beat poetry put to worship. <laughs> it's, it's it's really it's really great. Um, you might but, be okay. onto something there, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of good ideas. Just implementation, <laughs> you know. It's 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 the thing. Um, where, where can people find you on the worldwide interwebs? Yeah, so real simple, jasonchatham.com. You'll find links to C-H- all. C-H-A-T-H-A-M. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay. jasonchatham.com. You'll find links to all my music on both Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Amazon, SoundCloud. 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 Sound clown. <laughs> That's the one I'm on. That's where all my music is. Sound clown. <laughs> so <laughs> regardless of how you, you listen to music, we have tried to find a way to get it to you. It's awesome. pretty much all free now. So go yeah. on there. Enjoy the fruit of my labor. Uh, <laughs> you know, what about, drop, drop. Uh, what about church stuff? Like sermons, yeah. uh, courageous church links or anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, courageouschurch.com is our church website. You know, you can find us there as well as links to our YouTube channel and our podcast, courageouschurch.com slash listen. Those are great ways to get access to the messages and material, uh, as well as uh, be able to watch us if you want to do that. Awesome. We'll give you guys a link in the, in the podcast information and that kind of stuff. So when this yeah. posts, you guys will have a chance to see all these links as well. So. All right. Well, we like to close out the podcast each time by just uh, spending some time uh, praying and praying for uh, our guest or you know who whatever we talked about specifically. Um, so, Adam, would you would you pray us out, man? Oh man, yes, I will. Lord God, thank you very much for uh, just a, a an awesome time today, a, a great time to be able to spend talking to Pastor Jason and uh, just hearing his heart about what. What uh, you know, what's going on in his world, and 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 how 
you know, we, we can all work together basically and, uh, and bring your kingdom further and further into lost lives that are out there. Got to pray that, uh, that this message today that we have the opportunity to, um, to, to sit down and have this conversation that this message gets to reverberate out to more people. God, that this reaches more people and encourages those who are listening, some who are leaders, some who are lay leaders, um, that they that they have the opportunity to grow from this. And uh, God, I, I, I want to specifically say thank you for some of the really valuable pieces that we talked about today, God, that uh, bringing those to light and giving us some some insight and wisdom about mentors and bottom line and most importantly, priority. It's all about you, Jesus. And God, I just, uh, I thank you for today in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining in the conversation, guys. We'll, we'll catch you next time. Until then, I'm Sean Patrick. I'm Adam Richardson. Blessings. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to the Sons of Asaph Worship podcast. If you like the show, make sure to leave us a review and to subscribe. Connect with us on our Facebook page. See you next time. Thanks, Mom. <laughs>